0: Hits it in the air to center. We
1: will see you tomorrow night. Matto swoops in to intercept. Matto behind the net. Sweets it in front. He's out!
2: To take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. You in yes! Welcome everyone to the fourth episode of the Agent Field Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Lesman. A special episode. We are first time live here on Wednesday, 4-13, 4-13. I am joined by four-time recurring guests, <laughs> Brian and Anthony. How you doing on this fourth-time occasion?
0: So we are going to count episodes and appearances. I'm so glad that's going to continue. Yes, we are. Yeah,
2: I'm not mad about that either. <laughs> don't worry, there will be a tracking document. Uh, we are also joined by first-time guest on the Agents of Field podcast, hailing all the way from Ontario, Canada, Miss Kara Sparman. Kara, how you doing?
3: Hello. How's it going, guys?
2: Doing well. Are you so, from
0: Ontario? Did he get that right?
3: I live in Ontario, yeah. I'm oh. from Vancouver, but... Darn, I was hoping he got it wrong. Okay. <laughs> Brian knows more about this area probably than I do, given all of the hockey players that come out of here, so...
4: Yeah, but Brian doesn't know where anybody lives.
2: <laughs> yeah, Brian <laughs> knew my name was Ryan and my Ranger fan and still asked me where I was from, so... <laughs> um did.
0: No, it was the same person.
2: Cara, uh, first-time guest, tell us a little bit about your fandoms. What sports teams or players are you a fan of?
3: Well, I am first and foremost a Seattle Seahawks fan. I grew up, like I said, in Vancouver, so they were my home team. I've gone through a lot of very terrible years and a lot of very great years. Um, I am an adjacent Maple Leafs and Blue Jays fan, now that I live in the Toronto area and I have members of my family who are very into that stuff I <laughs> uh, have left the Vancouver Canucks behind in favor of the Toronto Maple Leafs if my brother-in-law could hear me right now which maybe he is um, he'll be very proud of me for saying that weathered fan
2: <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays gonna have a great year Toronto Maple Leafs not making it out of the first round again
3: seems about so- right Sounds right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we will be joined a little bit later by our very special guest, uh, Mr. Xavier Scruggs, will be joining us later tonight. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to get started with some news. We With Xavier, we'll be talking about uh, some diversity, equity, and inclusion, an extremely important topic. So we're really looking forward to that conversation with him. So we will start off the news segment. The World Cup of Hockey, which returned uh, in 2018, I believe, 2016, somewhere around there, uh, is returning in 2024. It's going to be really exciting. There is no more Team Europe or Team North America. All countries are going to be playing. Super exciting. It's going to basically be replacing the Olympics at this point. It's going to happen in February. What does a World Cup of Hockey do for the sport of hockey? Brian Anthony Kara.
0: Why can't they just play in the Olympics? I don't understand. Like I think Olympic hockey gets you to tune into other Olympic events. If it's as competitive as Olympic hockey was, then I'm in. But if a bunch of dudes just aren't gonna play, then I'm not in. Uh it, the Olympics hockey this year was unwatchable. Women's hockey was awesome. That's my opinion.
4: Yeah, I mean I'm in the same boat. Like Brian said, I mean, to you, you know, this year it was a great opportunity for a lot of players who wouldn't have had the chance if the NHL was involved in the Olympics. But I mean, it still just wasn't wasn't great to watch. I mean, if you don't have the big names out there in the NHL to, you know, get people to watch, then people aren't gonna watch yeah i mean i think that it's it's a way
2: for the nhl to control this The nhl's biggest issue with this all along has been that when the players go to the olympics they don't get to control it they can go and get hurt and you know then they're out for the season and they had no control over it and especially this past year with all the restrictions regarding uh quarantines and things like that and travel it just wasn't doable this year But the NHL just wants to have control of it ultimately and make the money off of it rather than, you know, the Olympics making the money.
0: It's it's, it's all financial, right? Like what other control does the NHL have? Like a guy's going to play. He's going to get hurt. It's going to happen whether it's NHL controlled or not. So it's all about just revenue, right?
2: Right. But then, you know, the NHL, if they're playing in North America, they can keep it to the the regulation. North American size ice rinks versus the Olympic size ice rinks, which are bigger. Um, And, you know, when you're skating farther, you get more fatigued. All that good stuff, um, but it's going to be really exciting. All the best players should be playing in that, and it's going to be really good for the game of hockey internationally. Uh, we have some people here in the comments. Just want to call out: Sarah is here, Jalen is here. Most My importantly, here.
0: most importantly, Ryan, our special guest Xavier is here. So I'm going to bring him into the studio, and we can get talking Amazing. to Xavier.
2: Awesome hello
1: xavier how are you doing how's everybody doing? doing doing how are you doing well doing good i'm doing good over here thanks for having me
2: yeah absolutely uh, so I'm going to do a little intro on our very special guest here, and then we're going to get right into, or right started with this very important discussion. So Xavier Scruggs was drafted in 2008 by the St. Louis Cardinals after a three-year college career playing at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, he then went on to play in the MLB for both the St. Louis Cardinals and the Miami Marlins. He left the States and went to play for two years with the NC Dinos in the KBO League in South Korea. He was then named... As the diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant in the Cardinals organization in May of 2001. You can also find him as an analyst on Bally Sports, covering the Tampa Bay Rays, ESPN, MLB Network Radio, and on the new MLB Network Afternoon Show Monday through Friday off base. Welcome to our show, Xavier
1: hey thanks for having me that was a great introduction um I still can't believe I get the opportunity to do all those things so um, it's really special for me and and appreciate you guys uh taking the time out of your day to, uh, to want me so I'm excited yeah
2: this is this is gonna be an, an awesome conversation and also just a really important conversation uh, so I'm gonna let Kara start here uh, she's got some really good questions to ask um, so Kara why don't you take us started get us started excuse me
3: awesome well first of all nice to meet
2: you nice Uh, to meet you
3: so i was listening to um one of your interviews on rachel bedell's podcast the other day and i feel like we have a lot to talk about a lot in common but Uh, I will have to (laughs) shrink it down to sports. Otherwise, these guys will never have me back on. No, no, no. You (laughs) can ask ask
0: anything you want to
3: ask. It's (laughs) it's all good. Um, Well, I can't speak for Xavier, but. (laughs) Yeah, I'm an open book, so
1: (laughs) ask me whatever.
3: Um I will start by saying, so you've talked quite a bit about helping players find identity and purpose off the field. This is something that has been interesting to me and my studies. Uh, and I'm just wondering some of the ways that you help players locate uh, identity purpose, help build that up because I know that's something that's not necessarily championed in the like uh, chase to get into the into the professional leagues
1: right right no i think that's a that's a great question um it's something that i've always been extremely passionate about it's something that kind of my parents really instilled in me at a younger age kind of always thinking about okay what happens if there's no baseball right what happens if there's no sports what am i going to do so that was always something that i thought about and not necessarily so much of a backup plan but like You know, there's always a day when sports is over. So you want to be able as an athlete to be able to transition into doing something else. So for me, uh, when I talk to athletes and and I have a, a business called Extraordinary Athletes in which we help athletes understand how to find that identity outside of playing their sport, how to have success outside of their sport it stems with what you like to do besides playing your sport, right? What are the, some of those things that interest you? What are some of those things that you're good at? What are some of those things that your friends or your family or your mentors tell you that you're good at besides just playing the sport and really kind of dive into some of those things and ask yourself questions about, you know, what do I see myself doing 10, 15, 20 years down the line? Um, those are a lot of the things that i start off with when i when i try to help develop players to understand what that success could look like out off of the field but then not just that like also community wise like what can you be doing within your community that's going to help evolve you as a person like a lot of times we think about especially as athletes like what who can i what can i get from this person or what can this person provide me instead of like, what can I give to other people? And I think once we kind of change that mindset as athletes and as people in general, that makes everything uh, with us better. That makes the people around us better. Um, That makes our situation better. So those are a lot of the things that I start off with as far as a foundation for helping athletes understand that.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of science actually behind when you help somebody else, it really helps your own mental health. Uh, But you touched on something that's really interesting, you said that, um, listen to what your friends and family are saying that you're good at, which I think is really, it's a really good thing to tell them, because sometimes when you're so hyper focused on something, you have no idea what else you're interested in, or good at and having those people in your life, having that kind of a, a social network that you can count on that can speak positively into your life and kind of help you grow and, Hey, you're really good at this. Let me encourage you. And that is really, um, that's really important.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like as athletes and especially as men, like we have this ego thing that allows us to almost not want to ask other people for help or ask other people questions. Like we're so focused on, um, you know, what we think we can be good at instead of like, Hey, what can I work on? Or what are some of my weaknesses or what are some of my strengths? that I should continue to, to help develop. And I think once we kind of get out of that comfort zone, that helps us really learn more about ourselves and learn more about how we can better ourselves. Um, so for me, it's it's almost about like breaking that bubble, that barrier that allows us to say, OK, I can't do everything on my own. I, I need other people that support the s- system that you mentioned. I need that around me. Uh,
0: you talk about um, you were brought on as a consultant for the Cardinals uh, diversity equity and inclusion are you still in that position for before i ask the next part? yeah no I'm, okay.
1: I, this year i'm not currently in that position um okay. mainly because now i work for the tampa bay rays for uh Bally sports so there's kind of like that that uh what do you call it, conflict of interest there <laughs> with the two different teams yeah two but both um, really
0: really good teams that yeah part of it too
1: but still, a role that um, I, I'm—I was excited about and an amazing opportunity for me last year to dive into that with the organization. And I'm hoping that there's some way that we can figure out something in the future for us to continue that relationship.
0: So when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, that consultant role that you were doing, a lot of people would take that at face value of going, "Why would why would Major League Baseball need to be more?" diverse equitable and inclusive because a lot of the league is very diverse a lot of the players are from latin american countries african americans there's a whole bunch of different people that make up the diverse but the diversity that you guys were looking for stretched far more beyond the field because whoever has talent has talent that's just that is what it is but it's far more about management positions whether it be in the front office or in the clubhouse correct
1: yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And I think um, a lot of times when we think a- about diversity, equity, inclusion, a lot of times we think we, we immediately think like race, right? I- instead of if we kind of change the mindset of things, it's it's how people feel that they can be valued, right? How can somebody feel like they can be themselves in a specific environment? Dependent, it doesn't matter what race, what ethnicity, uh, gender, all of those types of things. Just as a person, you want to feel valued, and how can we do that for everybody that's involved? And and, and how can we teach players, coaches, staff, all those, all, everybody involved, to help one another? And I think that's one of the things that the Cardinals understood, um, and, and they do a good job of it. And I'm glad that I have had the opportunity to work with everybody from the minor leagues to the major leagues and be able to show those types of things. And, and I'll go back to kind of what we talked about community-wise. It was important for me to help players understand, okay, if you're living in St. Louis, in order for you to really succeed in that type of environment, you must know who your community is or, or what your city is like or what type of environment that is. Same thing that goes for all the all the guys in the minor leagues. What are you walking into, and how can you better yourself in that situation And the same thing goes for social media. Right. That's one of the one of the big things when we talk about having a voice today. And when we talk about being valued, that's a part of it. Having a voice, feeling like you're a part of a group. Um, Social media is a voice. Right. So how do we best use that to to uh, to show ourselves in a positive manner? Because we're not just reflecting ourselves. We're reflecting an organization.
2: Yeah. So you talk about, you know, the organization piece, you worked within one organization in terms of growing it, you know, the diversity, equity and uh, inclusion efforts throughout the league as a whole. Like, what do you think some of the biggest changes that could be done at a league level that might be able to, you know, uh, impact like the largest number of like adversely affected uh, people? Like what, yeah. what as a larger scale thing can be done?
1: Well, I think the first thing that we can do and not even necessarily that large of a scale, I I think I was the first um, former major league player that was a diversity consultant within any team. So I think, one, we should have an athlete that's played the game and and has the background, has the knowledge, has has done the has done the, the work to get themselves in a credible position to be a consultant or be somebody in that position that those players can relate to as well as people in the organization can relate to, because I think it's one thing when you're almost learning from somebody that hasn't quite been in the same shoes as you, you you're a little bit more receptive to it from the beginning with somebody that's been in those shoes. So I think that would help ease that would help ease ease the conversation and start more of that conversation and then bringing in as many people as possible that have had the background um, have studied diversity, equity, inclusion. Have been in human resources. Ha- have the background with those types of things to help players and everybody in the organization understand what it's like to to better themselves in that sense. So um, that's one of the things we can do. I think we can continue to understand that um, you know how to break barriers. Right when we talk about cultural barriers, when we talk about the way we think about things, like everybody's from a different environment. Everybody comes from a different place we have to understand sometimes those are barriers within our own self and we have to knock those things down. Um, and I think there's education that comes along with that. And I think that's one thing that we can do better is educate everybody involved. So
4: you had brought up, um, you know, community work and what we can do to understand the community. Can you explain, uh, some of the programs like the dream series and the RBI mound visits?
1: Yeah, those are some amazing, um, those are some amazing things that base major league baseball is doing, even minor league baseball is doing. I love the RBI programs because you're going into these inner city communities, um, that really, a lot of times they don't have the resources that, that a lot of other cities have when you're talking about developing young people. And it's not just, it's not just boys playing the game. It's young women and men, um, that, that are both doing it. So, it gives them an opportunity a lot of times to just show them what the game is, right? Just show, hey, just see what's cool about baseball and, and we'll provide everything for you, right? And then it gives those kids an opportunity to, if they want to continue to play the game, they can play it at a higher scale. So there's people that will help, that, help pay for those resources that they need. We know baseball is an expensive sport when it comes to equipment, when it comes to gloves, bats, batting gloves, all those types of things. So those programs help, um, really develop young kids at a young age. um, so there's no so they don't have to think about the things that that normally stop people from playing baseball.
4: yeah, there's actually there's a place in St. Louis, and he was actually featured on a, a show from Mike Rowe. Um, basically, it was this guy who just has a shed full of sports equipment, and you can come and take whatever you need. You wow. know, especially in, you know, young kids, they grow so fast, you know, sports like football and hockey that it requires pads. And like you mentioned, gloves and and bats and helmets and everything. And basically, it's just, you know, you use it until you're done with it. You bring it back and then you can just get whatever you need. So wow. I, I wish I had the uh, <clears throat> program off the top of my head. But, yeah, he's a guy out of St. Louis. And, you know, he's doing a lot of great work in that aspect, too.
1: That's they special. Don't, they
0: don't That's care special. about baseball in St. Louis. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, that's all. one of the ways that you grow the game, right? Like, I, I think a, a lot of times our conversations are around, like, how do we continue to grow this game? And I think there's so many things like that that may seem small, but if we kind of collectively thought about those things, um, that continues to to further those conversations and, and it benefits young, young boys and girls.
3: Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the power of community, right? How, like, as a community, do we build each other up and further each other. Speaking of community and building community, so in in baseball and and sports in general, I feel like there's a lot of um, issues, racism, and all kinds of other stuff that have happened, and a lot of people are quick to point at, like, the league, the organizations, the Uh, players, the coaches, all that kind of stuff. But one piece that's often left out of the puzzle is the fans, and kind of like the fans participation in creating a safe environment or an equitable environment. And I'm interested to hear your perspective as somebody who was a player and is now in like organizations, what is your perspective of the fans role in creating a safe environment?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a quality statement because I haven't really heard of it kind of put that way. A lot of times we don't think so much about the fans in that sense, but um, they they play a huge part, right? You're talking about so many people that support our game and and they're the ones that can make our game a really safe space. um, and, And along with making everybody feel like this is something good that everybody wants to be a part of. So, um, I think that's an amazing point. Like, uh, as far as my experiences, I felt like, at least for me, I've been a part of so many great fan bases and, and probably mostly because I was with the Cardinals organization. Right. Like you talk about an amazing fan base. Um, it, it's one of those it's one of those fan bases that really gets it. Um, but that but at the same time we there's always room for improvement right when we're talking about even marketing to other fan bases when you're trying to bring other people into the game and 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 watching more of our game and growing and loving our game if we can hit some of these other markets that can be really good too um because i feel like there's always a way that we can touch the community right there's always areas that we haven't been to in the community in which we can um really attract people towards our game and i think that's one thing St. Louis has done, but we can always continue to do it better.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, as as the founder of, of Extraordinary Athletes, I too am also the founder, but I'm the founder of unextraordinary and very dull people. <laughs> um, but what is the future of Extraordinary Athletes look like, especially as now college baseball isn't affected near as much because of just the structure of baseball, but as NIL increases within... Even NCAA athletes, are you reaching out to those athletes who really are coming into a lot of money at the age of 18, 19, 20 years old and can really blow it if they just don't know how to act?
1: With- yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's one of our main um, one of our main priorities, right? Is to even start talking to these kids in college and let them know. And you mentioned NIL, a lot of times these kids No NIL can afford them opportunities to make money, but we want them to understand that in order for you to to really create the brand that you want, you have to think long-term. And you can't just think about how am I going to make a quick dollar? How am I going to do a quick camp? How am I going to sell some quick apparel? No. How are you going to create something that people are going to stand behind? How are you going to create an audience and a fan base really behind who you are and a lot of that is showing who you are as a person, right? And and what you're about. And I think having young players understand that, young athletes understand that at a very, um, you know, it, what can be an immature age is important because everything that they do is going to be scrutinized for a long period of time. So if you can start to build a foundation for yourself instead of worrying about, okay, making the quick dollar, no, how can I... How can I build a community around me that allows people to really get behind what I'm doing not only as a player but as a person? That's when I can real make real impact and real change. So that's what extraordinary athletes is trying to do is help those players understand but then also help players understand that helps them with their transition after they're done playing, right? You still have you don't all of a sudden lose all those followers and all those supporters. You still have those people behind you doing different things now the same goes for me is i've seen it firsthand i have a group of people a a community of people that have been behind me in my career but not just playing now it's doing some media things and still within the game whatever it may be those people are still behind me so i'm extremely grateful that i've seen it firsthand and then i can pass it along to others
2: yeah uh if you want to plug the social medias for extraordinary athlete please do you can give us the social handles if you if you want.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just um extraordinary athletes in in on Instagram and then um, website exoathletes.com.
2: Great. So, please go there look at the great work Xavier is doing with extraordinary athletes. It's real important for these these athletes, you know, because like you said there is a world after sports. I am currently realizing that I'm not too far out of college and I know there is a world after sports. <laughs> not
4: that I was any good to play sports in college, but. Yeah, we know you <laughs> weren't. Um, I'm going to pull, I'm going to I'm gonna make a joke that not very many people are going to understand, but I'm going to pull a Jim Edmonds and say, uh, I got a text. Um, the name of that program was uh, the St. Louis Youth Sports Outreach was the name of that program. Okay. That, uh, like I said, they, they basically just recycle equipment. Um, so thank you, Teresa, for texting me and let me know.
1: Yeah, thanks, Teresa, for letting us all know.
0: I, I bet Kara has another question, but I want to put the nerd into Nerd Life Network with Xavier while we still got him. And you're being very generous with your time. Thank you so much. But Kara, did you have any other questions before I get real nerdy baseball?
3: Like I said, I have a million questions, but I feel like it's just going to turn into like a four hour long conversation about a bunch of great stuff. So go ahead.
0: So, Xavier, I I, I know Off Base is, is a new show on MLB Network, and I know you guys are going to be doing a bunch of different things. I saw some stuff you put on Instagram with Robert Flores and a, a bunch of other guys on the MLB, MLB Network earlier today. What – like I said, I love – like my favorite sport is baseball, and I'm under the age of 40, and to say I'm under 40 and my favorite sport is baseball is a very rare statement in today's <laughs> world. What What about the game of baseball are people not getting – Like, and I want to spur this off into a different question, but what about baseball is our generation not understanding that you think if they grasped it, we'd actually get new fans of the game?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's all the intricacies of the game, like how cool it is, um, you know, I I think once you kind of learn more about – which each player brings to the table right if you that's one thing that i think is hard for people to grasp is like when they're trying to watch a baseball game they may not understand like the differences between a first baseman and an outfielder or the difference between the guy batting first or the guy batting ninth or what's the difference between a starting pitcher and a relief pitcher so I think if people understood like the coolness within each position and and what each person brings to the table, I think that's one of the things that people would be more attracted to. And I think that's what we're trying to do a little bit more with off base is kind of show more of that personality side of those different players. Right. I think that's one thing that that we can always do a better job of is marketing the players and the stories behind these players. Um, I think I I really feel like football and basketball do a really good job of this. And and I think even from a social media sense, and I feel like baseball's always been a little bit of a step behind, maybe because it's like America's pastime and it's a really old school sport. And baseball players are really more the players that are not really want to put themselves out there because they play 162 games. and And the
0: nature of the game is you're successful if you're successful three out of 10 times. Like,
1: yes, there's so much failure within the game. It's hard to really be like I'm the man, right? I want you to see who I am, and and really, it, the game humbles you a lot. So, but I I I really see like kind of this next generation of ball players uh, putting themselves out there more, being a little bit more looser, showing more passion, more energy, um, and I think that's a lot of what we can continue to highlight as a as a game. And I'm I'm hoping that's what I get to do more of moving forward.
0: So spinning off of that, and then I will stop and let the other guys ask a question. But spinning off of that, is there a really nerdy advanced metric, whether it be like, I mean, you could even say the public (laughs) needs to pay attention because this guy, this guy has so many social media followers or whatever. Like, who's the next big guy that people aren't paying attention to that you've got your eye on?
1: Oh, man. And he probably
0: plays in Tampa.
1: That's a a really good question, man. Um, Yeah, it's. I mean, one of the guys that I would have to say is, you said Tampa, like Wander Franco. Like, he's one of those guys that, um, you know, only played 77 games last year. But when you talk about having all five tools, speed, power, the hit tool, playing defense, um, doing all those different types of things, like, there's not many players in our game that can do those types of things. And I think once you kind of see the athleticism of a lot of these young players coming up. I even think of like um, uh, Harrison Bader, I think of a Tyler O'Neill. like these are special young players that are really taking over the game. And I think once people kind of understand, okay, our game is getting younger, it's getting more athletic, it's almost kind of going back in time a little bit. We're not there yet, but I think athleticism is starting to become more of a priority then you start to see a little bit more of that excitement i look at bobby witt jr over there in kansas city i look at julio rodriguez um in the mariners uniform so there's so many good young players with the power speed combination that are coming to the forefront
4: all right so you're talking about how the game is getting younger (sighs) <sighs> St. Louis Cardinals have three of the oldest players in <laughs> Albert Wainwright and Molina. So as you know it's Molina's last year, it's Albert's last year and it's potentially Wainwright's last year. I mean the guy's an absolute horse. So if he still puts yeah. up numbers like he did this year, that's going to be a conversation to have to be had later. <laughs> what do you think the departure of Wainwright and potential or potentially Wainwright and Molina? What is this going to mean for the Cardinals next year? I mean these guys have been the backbone of this team for the last 15 years. And how do you think that Albert coming back this year is going to change that as well? His name is Nolan Arenado and he's going to yeah. carry him into the future.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like first of all it's going to be tough because you can't replace those guys, right? Like those are staples. Like you don't often have guys wearing the same jersey for close whatever 20 some years whatever it may be. Even Pujols coming back, you don't see that very often. A Hall of Fame player coming back to their original team so let's not let's not like just pass on the specialness of of what that is um but secondly like you do have a young core that's coming up that's really exciting to watch and i think um you know as much as you can't replace those guys you got to be excited for the future man you got to be excited for nolan arenado you got to be excited for harrison bader you got to be excited for tyler o'neill dylan carlson tommy Edmund. um and a lot of the young pitchers as well like i'm excited for those guys to really step step up and and kind of show continue to show that passion about about their the way they play the game so i'm i'm excited for that but yeah you don't replace those guys it's it's tough
4: do you think albert gets to 700
1: i do think albert gets to 700 i've been asked that a couple of times now i think he does um maybe it's me really wanting him to but i i really think he does i think he's made some adjustments um he's got a leg kick going now yeah <clears> and um if he yeah we saw the home run like so if he continues to if he continues to hit for power um against those lefties i think he's got a good opportunity and and they're playing him right he's been playing
4: yeah he uh i know he started um opening day and then i believe he was dh yesterday but uh yeah yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be crazy to think that he's probably going to get a standing ovation every single game at home this year, just for he, fans that he deserves haven't it. seen him. Uh, well, no, absolutely. And, you know, good for him to, you know, he got he got a lot of flack 10 years ago when he left, but it, all that's gone now. <laughs> yeah. So ev- everybody loves him again. They're all breaking out their jerseys they've had in the closet for the last 10 yes. years.
2: <laughs> yeah. So one of our other co-hosts who couldn't be here tonight, um, he wanted to ask you, he's a new Memphis resident. You want to know what some of your fondest memories playing with the Redbirds in the city of Memphis are?
1: Oh man, oh, that's that's one of my favorite places. Like, oh, just just going to the field and like the the Memphis fans were really like passionate as well. It was one of those areas where I really felt at home because I spent a lot of time in the minor leagues and I spent two years in Memphis. And then even when I played in New Orleans, I played against Memphis um so memphis was always like home to me that's that's where me and my my wife um before we were married that was the first place we like really lived together on the road like memphis was that spot um i love memphis barbecue like that's one of the that'll be like one of my most fondest memories because like i'm a huge foodie and like memphis barbecue is like is is where it's at too so um I, I just uh the food there, the people, the living close to uh what is it, Beale Street, like the the city or the stadiums right next to Beale Street. Um, a really special time for me and and my wife, honestly. Yeah, that's awesome. Jim's gonna love that. <laughs> Who's got another? Yeah,
3: I have another question if we got some time. Yeah. Um- Cool. So yeah. I heard you talk about a, uh, a, a specific moment. I believe you were in college where you had a wake up call where your coach played like a voicemail oh, or something, yes. kind of your whole team. Yes. Uh, and that kind of changed your pathway and the trajectory of your life. I'm really interested to know if you have played that part in somebody else's story? Like, were you, have you been able to p- play, uh, pay that forward? Have you been able to have that kind of, like, a come to Jesus moment with some of the players that you've worked with or seen? Or have you had another moment like that?
1: Yeah. Well, well, first of all, that that yeah. moment, like, we all have these, like, like, moments that really wake you up, right? And I, I was really sleepwalking and really was not, was just going through the motions. And, Um, it it was a time in college where I felt invincible and, um, and really somebody had to knock some sense into me and it was, it was my coach and he helped me understand that I'm a, a leader. There's, there's no reason for me to be calling myself a leader of a team and then doing things that don't show leadership. Right. So, um, for me that that's been one of the most dramatic things. And I don't think I've ever had any part in somebody else's life. That's been as dramatic as that. But I think one of the things that I always try to help players and people understand in general is like a lot of times in our society today, we get caught up in like trying to do stuff that other people are doing. Like we see this person, man, they've, they look like they've got life under control. Like everything they're doing is great. Like I want to be doing that. But like, I, 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 would try to remind guys like, like we have our own path, like everybody is different. So we cannot expect to try to do something that somebody else does. Like we just have to be the best version of ourselves. And I think even as a father now, that's what I want my sons and my and my daughter to really understand is like, you don't have to be anybody else like it, today's social media age. Like it's so it's so easy to say this person has the life. Right. Because right. they have a million good looking pictures. Mm-hmm. But no, everybody like everybody has their own path and and just live life. Like like the one thing I tell I, I told a lot of Cardinals guys this last year with the um, the DEI, uh, the DEI role is um like everybody can make the impact on social media, right? Like you can, you can say, you can put Mm -hmm. in your caption, like, Hey, I I had a great time giving back to this community over here. Like everybody can do that, but who are the real people like out there affecting their community on a day-to-day basis, not even showing it on social media. So I, I tell them like, what if you didn't have social media? like you wouldn't be able to show all the all the things that you're able to do just go do it right so i think that's one of the things that that i try to think about and that i try to pass along is like you know you have your own path and a part of your path is is giving back and and making sure that other people understand that you're there for them
2: yeah that's that's awesome that's a, a really strong message to send to to people because you know they the the, the cliche is do the right thing even when no one's watching. So yeah. it's it's awesome. Um, right. So we are gonna go through here with some rapid fire questions. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna start you off. Let's do it. What are, are you a fan of? Of any nerdy stuff? Marvel, DC, Star Wars, anime. What are your top fandoms?
1: Oh man, I love all that. I honestly love that stuff. Like when you talk about. Um, when you talk about superheroes, like I'm all into superheroes today. Like, I, I look at um, my kids, I'm glad that they've kind of got a grasp of like, they love Spider Man. Um, they love H- the Hulk. They love uh, Batman. They love every, like Marvel, DC, all that stuff. They love it. Like, my son thinks he's black panther at a certain time when when night hits um so there's like like i'm glad that they like all those things because i get to sit and just like watch the movies with them over and over and over again um so that's really cool for me and now now it makes me want to go like into the comics like when i'm watching the movies and stuff it makes me want to like actually dive into the comics and be like Man, what, how did all this stuff originate? Because we see all this stuff in a two hour movie, but it's like this stuff was written way back, way back. So, I, like, it makes me want to dive more into it when you talk more about like the superhero stuff. I love that. You're just sitting here getting cooler by the minute. I mean, <laughs> what are we doing here?
4: I-, I was expecting you to be like, no, baseball, uh, baseball's yeah.
1: in, baseball's well, ba- baseball cards too. Like, so I like that too.
4: <laughs> Mark McGuire was in a comic
0: book, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so.
2: um Anthony. Sorry, that wasn't rapid. No, that was that was an awesome answer. We love that.
3: <laughs> we are all Marvel nerds, so that just spoke to all of us. That's so
1: cool. <laughs>
4: yeah, I mean, th- this show itself being on the Nerd Life Network. I mean, Monday nights we've got uh, a show dedicated to Marvel, Tuesday nights to comics and movie, Wednesdays to this, uh, Sundays so awesome. to Star Wars. So, I mean, yeah, it's we're all very fluent. <laughs> I, th- th- I used to like, th- so, I used to like right? Star
1: Wars a lot. I got to get back into Star Wars because I was when I was younger. I want When I was like, I want to say like 14, 15, I used to like, I would sit on the buses and watch the Star Wars. And then I kind of lost it. And I need to go back and like watch them all over again, get back into it.
0: Baby Yoda, man. That's all you need, baby Yoda. But just man. subscribe to the Nerd Life Network, Xavier. We got you covered
4: here. And and Kara, you can go ahead and plug your own show since
3: Oh yes, thank you. They left out Thursdays, which is Girls uh Nerdy Girls After Dark, which which is their female led podcast.
1: Yes, that sounds amazing.
4: So send your wife over when she's uh... <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. I have <laughs> some I things I'm to saying. talk to your wife about, including the fact that she shot her shot through Facebook because oh. I met my fiance through in uh through the internet as well, through social media and i took the first shot
1: so that was one of the things that i had to say that's funny yeah so she yeah so quick story she's she was like in in single a nobody goes to the games and there was two girls in the stands and i'm like man those like one of those girls looks absolutely stunning and after the game i had a facebook request and i was like you know what let me go Wait, who is that? That's the girl from the game. So I had my I had my roommates. I'm like, guys, that's the girl from the game. That's the girl from the game. <laughs> and like, I was all juiced up and jacked up, and I so I just wrote on her wall like, "Hey, pretty girl, do I know you?" <laughs> and and she was basically like, she was basically like, she like deleted the wall post and then dm'd me and she's like she's like don't write on my wall or something like that yes (laughs) but but really we didn't we didn't meet each other for like three or four weeks so we like met on facebook and then kind of like facetimed and got to know each other a little bit before we even met so it was kind of organic in that sense
3: yeah it was about four weeks for us before we met in person so wow (laughs) Yeah. So uh,
4: so kind of a, a similar story, except that it's my wife, and she didn't end up leaving with a baseball player. We were in uh, <laughs> we were in Seattle, and I believe it was 2017. And uh, I, I can't pronounce his first name, but Teron, the backup bullpen catcher for the Cardinals.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh,
4: it, we're out there watching batting practice, and my wife is a, a little bit intoxicated trying to get a ball. So she's screaming his last name, and she's doing the heart hands to him and just doing it, doing it, <laughs> screaming his name, and he finally turns and throws her a ball. And then about two years ago, I was at a game and I bought her his one of his jerseys, the team issue jerseys from the team store and got it to her. So now and she ended wow. up friending him on Facebook and he's probably like, I don't know who this lady is but so why She's running me on Facebook. But <laughs> that's really cool. She's got her own little crush that, that nobody knows about. Yeah,
1: that's significant. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, Xavier Scruggs knows about it.
1: A <laughs> yeah,
2: so, couple more rapid fire questions. If you could have a walk up song
0: today, what would it be?
1: Walk-up song today, oh, man.
0: What Dang, was your walk-up song when you were playing?
1: My walk-up song was Just Do It um, by KB, Christian Rapper. And <clears throat> I would probably have the same walk-up song because it kind of just reminded me, like, even if I was, like, oh for my last 10 or whatever it may be, even if I was 5 for my last 5, like, just go up there and do it. Like, everything is like right in front of you don't worry about what happened in the past don't worry about the future like just go out there and and you're blessed to be in this position to even be on the field so just go do it and it just kind of reminded me of that
2: yeah awesome um if you didn't have a career in baseball what would you want to do
1: if i didn't have a career in baseball i would want to um be on the
4: radio or mlb network (laughs)
1: Yeah, see, like I'm doing like what I wouldn't like if I wasn't playing, but like I always thought about like being a teacher, like, excuse me, like I had some really good teachers that were like really good influences in my life. So I feel like that would be something cool for me to do, um, to be able to like teach multiple kids within one time, like no matter what the subject would be like, I would always be like pouring into them just about like life in general. So I think that would be a cool opportunity
2: awesome uh who what players did you really follow growing up were your role models like who was the players that inspired you to be a player
1: oh yeah first and foremost I grew up in San Diego watching the Padres Tony Gwynn um got a chance to meet Tony Gwynn when I was younger probably I think I was 12 when I first met Tony Gwynn um loved his game loved the smoothness of his swing he didn't strike out much uh, always talked about working off the tee. So I always try to like do those types of things. And then, um, I wanted to go to San Diego state. He was a coach at San Diego state. I wanted to go there. They didn't recruit me. So I went to UNLV played against San Diego state. We were in the same division and like talked to him. He was like still a mentor. He mentioned that I was one of the best college hitters that he's ever seen. So like just Tony Gwynn, like Having that presence in my life was really cool. David Justice was another guy, Um, and Gary Sheffield. I loved Gary Sheffield's swing, like the way he attacked the baseball. That was one of the guys that I loved to watch too.
0: Did you wiggle your bat like Gary Sheffield?
1: Oh yeah, all the time, man, all the time. Didn't didn't everybody? Yeah, (laughs) playing playing wiffle ball, especially in the the backyard. backyard, Yeah, (laughs) wiffle ball in the backyard. (laughs) I was doing that hundred percent.
2: Um. So we know you're working for the Tampa Bay Rays right now, are they your favorite team to watch? Or do you have another team that you really like
1: to watch as well? Oh, man, my favorite team to watch. (sighs) There's a bunch of them. St. Louis is up there um, just because of the versatility they have within a team in in a one through nine lineup and the defense they play. Five gold glovers. Like, come on, you don't see that anywhere. Um, Tampa Bay is up there. Uh, the Padres are up there, too, especially when Fernando Tatis is on the field. That's one of the teams that I love to watch. Um, and then the Blue Jays this year. I'm excited to see what they do. <laughs>
0: so, so my my question goes from that. Why would the Colorado Rockies trade away Nolan Aronado, <laughs> pick up the $50 million and then sign Chris Bryant for another $182 million? No, I'm just kidding. Who wins the World Series, Xavier? Yeah, I'm I was gonna really say bitter about that guy. I was gonna say
1: nobody has the answer to that. So <laughs> nobody, not a guy the that
0: does
4: win. resigned two not, weeks after he did it. Oh,
0: it's just yeah. the worst. But who who wins the World Series? And please don't say the Dodgers.
1: Oh uh, no, the Dodgers don't win it. Um, I, I my man. I honestly think that the Braves could repeat. Like, I think this is a team that really has uh, like not just the stars, but like. Every specific part of a team that you that you need to be good, whether it be defense, offense, pitching, like especially relief pitching. Um, They took the Dodgers closer and Kenley Jensen. So, I mean, there's so many. So they were already good. And then they I feel like they got maybe better if they could. So I think there's a team that could repeat.
2: Yeah, I mean,
0: most of us. Yeah, a lot of us picked the Blue Jays last week, which you talked about. Really fun team just a bunch of kids of guys we all know. So I
1: I really do that. The the only problem I think I got with the blue Jays is like, the division is going to be extremely tough to come out of. And I I think, you know, it's going to weigh a lot on starting pitching. And I don't think necessarily the starting pitching is going to be as good as we can expect. Um, Hunjin Ryu is like really struggling to me. He has had some issues, um, Berrios has been inconsistent as of in the past. Uh, I love Alec Manoa. Can't say anything about him. Gossman now, like it was cool in, in the in the NL West when you're facing the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, but now you got like a tough division. So
3: strays out here. <laughs> strays.
1: <laughs> so, but but we'll see, man. They're definitely going to be a good team.
3: Yeah, my year to <laughs> into more sports, more baseball. I'm in the Toronto <laughs> area, so I try to go once a year. Maybe this year I'll go twice.
1: <laughs> I, I just came back from seeing uh, the beginning of the Toronto and Yankees game. I, I was at Yankee Stadium just now. Yeah,
4: nice. when uh, yeah, yeah, that it
0: makes
4: us feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> we were not at Yankee Stadium. A while ago. <laughs> Ryan, you're, you're not too far
2: from it, are you? Yeah, I'm not too close. I'm I'm uh, I'm in Queens, right around Queens over here. So not okay. too far from the from the Bronx, but nice. Um, David, this has been really, really awesome. We, we thank you so much for your time. If you have time to hang around for one more small segment, we do a trivia uh, segment here called the Infinity Gauntlet. We do one trivia question. We'd love to have you on the panel for our question if you have some time.
1: Oh, geez. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of scared. Do I have yeah, to answer the question? I
0: don't even think it's baseball related. So it's you're not good, man. You could just yeah. flex your sports knowledge if you have it.
1: <laughs>
0: okay.
2: All right, so Brian, roll our clip.
4: Are you gonna roll the clip, Brian? I thought I did. Oh, you, well, you didn't. Your I name don't. on it.
2: So, um, the the segment's called the Infinity Gauntlet after Thanos. Um, Talking totally t- into this
0: microphone the entire interview and hasn't even been on.
2: So, um, <laughs> tonight's Infinity Gauntlet question: There are five countries. And cities that have hosted both the Summer and Winter Olympics. Name the five countries and the five cities. Nope. Go. Uh,
0: the United States and Atlanta and Salt Lake City. Like, they, is that an answer? So
2: they've hosted the Summer and Winter Olympics.
0: The country or the city has also hosted both? The country
2: both. and the city has hosted both.
0: Wow.
4: Okay, you're just making things up at this point. Beijing, China? That is one of them. Wow. Sochi, <laughs> right, four more. Say no, that. We got
2: one. Sochi, Russia? No.
3: London? England?
2: London is a three-time host. Sydney, Australia. No. Why would they
0: host the Winter Olympics? Uh, South Korea?
2: South Korea is not an answer. There are three left. I'll, I'll give you a hint. All of them are in Europe. I was, was going to say <laughs> where, where, where's Lily, where's Lily Hammer. Where's Lilyhammer? Did they host? That is not an answer.
3: <laughs> I'll give you
2: another world. fifteen to twenty seconds. Paris. Uh, Paris.
3: Athens, is not an Athens answer. Greece.
2: Athens, Greece is number oh, three. Yeah.
3: Two points for me. Can anybody? Ber- keep Berlin, one? Germany.
2: Berlin, Germany is not an answer. There are two left. Moscow. Ten, nine. <laughs> Lisbon. thumped <eight, laughs> Seven. Dublin. Six, five. Dublin. Port, four. Four.
0: <laughs> Barcelona.
2: Three. Two. Barcelona. Barcelona, and Barcelona is The not. two that you missed are Innsbruck, Austria, and St. Moritz, Switzerland. You're not in charge of these questions anymore. Yeah, that's no fault.
3: Well, the important thing is that I won that. <laughs> so, uh, sho-
2: shocking that the one who has been to Europe... Yes. Got the answer for the European
3: Finally
1: questions. Comes well, Athens, Greece, that should we should all got that Yeah, everybody should yeah. So, <laughs> Xavier just pouring on her
0: fire a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Xavier, this was
2: amazing. You were more than generous with your time. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for joining us. Uh, we want to give you the opportunity now to plug anything you need to plug, um, your social, the extraordinary athletes, whatever you want to plug, please take this time to do so
1: yeah man uh appreciate that uh, extraordinary athletes xoathletes.com come check us out um can check me out on xavier underscore scruggs on all the platforms um even got the tiktok going um but yeah like if, if you get a chance just uh i try to do a good job of showing people like my journey and and kind of what i go through on a day-to-day basis and um and everybody's been super supportive. So appreciate uh, appreciate you guys. I appreciate
4: you. You've always been out there grinding. You know, I told these guys, I remember watching you do, like, Facebook Live videos just to anybody who would want to watch, answering questions and whatnot. So you've uh, you've always been out there doing it. You made it, man. So oh, congratulations. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate Side question, it. when do you want to play against me in uh, the show 22?
1: Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. We'll, uh, we'll stream that
2: we'll stream that live because that'll be way more competitive than if i play anthony that's, one, that, I that's what i
1: need is a twitch too i need to get on twitch like that's yeah, where we guys go. have been streaming yeah
4: there we go that's next we got our, <laughs> yeah. fri- we got our friday nights brian it's, it's just gonna be Xavier <laughs> and I on twitch playing and will be the show let's do it <laughs> <laughs> the last time I played Anthony, I think
2: it was seventeen to three. So uh, I don't play him on the show. Anymore. Why even play <laughs> at that point?
4: Yeah, it was terrible. He swings at everything, <laughs> <laughs> and I think he only got the three because it was the first time I had played, and the the defense was a little shaky. Yeah, and <laughs> I, it was a, it was on the PS five, so I was like, okay, what are the controls again?
2: Yeah, and I, and, and <laughs> I had been playing yeah. for like ten hours straight, for five, <laughs> five days straight, and still only scored three runs. um that's funny. But Kat or Brian, you have anything for Xavier before?
0: Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. been
3: great. Yeah, thank you. Thanks,
1: guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, this was awesome. So, um,
2: right. cool. That that was that was awesome. We just want to say thank you again to Xavier. That was amazing interview. Amazing insight he had for us on diversity, equity, and inclusion in sports, and just on the game of baseball. And you know, he he's a really cool dude. <laughs>
3: Mm-hmm. I was very it. excited about it. I didn't
2: even turn my microphone on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened with that Infinity Gauntlet segment, but your microphone was on. We heard your questions. Run from it. There it is. There it is. Destiny arrives all the same. He, even, uh, oh,
0: <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yeah,
2: even though we didn't get that going, it, it was just awesome. So I love yeah, how thank called, you so much. I love
4: how he called out your Rockies, too. <laughs> I, <laughs> You've got to be used to it. Oh, I'm so used to it. They're four <laughs> and one, though, man. Are they really? Yeah. Will they lose opening day against the Dodgers? And yep, then they win a real game. Yep. Wow. Kara, are you going to stick around and talk sports with us, or are you just going to back into the shadows? We just, we just see. Yeah, she just slowly, <laughs> slowly drifts out of out of frame.
3: Just because oh. I probably don't have a ton to add if it's like sports, sports, and not like the psychology of sports, Kara. <laughs>
0: Kara, Russell Wilson has been traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. What are your thoughts?
3: Oh, my goodness. Well, the whole thing was there's been rumors about him leaving for a long time. And then he came out and was like, I have no intention of leaving. And I was like, "Okay, we've got like another year, maybe two years. And then, bam, betrayal. Um, That's so that right. hurt
0: a little bit. I found his house up for sale on the internet yesterday. I'll send it to you. It is the exciting.
3: weirdest. Can I tell you the weirdest part though, is seeing him in Sierra, like Sierra in Denver gear instead of Seattle. Like she switched so fast, which makes a lot of sense, yeah, that hurt but it just the like sprouders? it hurt. It hurt a little bit, uh, to see that not as much as Bobby Wagner leaving Seattle. I think that probably hurts a little bit more, but
0: a small secret about the sports world. Kara, we care way more than they do.
3: Yes,
4: I care a lot. <laughs> so. Aren't uh, aren't they co-owners of the the Sounders? Probably They're, that sounds right. And then they just leave. I know Macklemore is. <laughs> you look boy. like that. Hey, that's you my boy. It's like <laughs> <Macklemore.
3: laughs>
4: <laughs> <That's> a compliment. <laughs> oh my gosh! What are All right, mean?
0: Ryan, I think Kara's going to bow out, so I will remove her. Thank you, Kara. Yeah. Thank you, Karen. We really appreciate okay. you. Um, all right.
2: So we are going to talk, continue, we'll continue with baseball. We got a uh, couple things on the agenda. Um, Anthony Nolan Arenado wins NL player of the week. Bregman wins AL player of the week. Good job, buddy. Yeah. Pre, pre-show I screwed the two of them up. I put them in the wrong league and I got flack for that. Um, Tell us about this first week of the
4: MLB season and about these these players winning. Dude, Arenado's locked in. I mean, he had three home runs, four RBI or nine RBIs, hitting 500. Sorry, Brian. It's cool. Good for it, him. <laughs> That's the it's the saddest. That's
0: cool no, I think dude, I've I, ever heard. I really want him to succeed. Just bury bury the guy. Like I I love Nolan Arenado, and everybody blames the course Field effect. I really wanted to ask Xavier about the course Field effect, but I didn't next time, maybe.
4: Maybe next time. Yeah. I wonder if, and I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping he sticks around, because I think he has an opt-out at the end of this year, I believe.
0: No, he already opted in. It was The opt-out was last year.
4: So was he it? opted in to, like, five more. Oh, I thought there was another one. Mm-mm. Yeah, this <laughs> is on a Carlos Correa contract. I was about to say, yeah, it's not a
0: Correa contract. I know it was just an opt-out after three, which was the end of last year. So he's opted in for, like, the next five
4: dope yeah I'll take it I was worried once Molina left he'd be like I don't I don't want to do this anymore but honestly he's going to be the face of the organization after this year so I'm going to confirm that I'm correct but uh we should probably just not go live for the rest of the show and so we can have
0: our normal conversation because I don't think people are going to be that interested yeah I mean we only have a couple more things it's not
2: going to take very long we have about four more things on the agenda um we'll talk about uh Evgeny Malkin from the Pittsburgh Penguins was suspended for four games for cross-checking the face of Predators defenseman Mark Borowiecki. Um, that was brutal. Dude's leaking from his face, and Malkin got <laughs> there like, "What? What did I? What did I do?" You cross-check the dude in the face. Like Malkin has a mean streak. They played against the Rangers last week, and there was almost a, a brawl at Center Ice after the game. Uh, what do you What do you have on this on Evgeny Malkin?
0: I have that Nolan Arenado has a player opt-out available after 2021 and 2022, so he does have an opt-out available yeah. after
4: this season. I, I thought he I had uh, the first two years,
0: okay. which,
4: which is why, like I said, I was nervous that after Molina was done, he was also going to leave because I don't know what this team's going to look like. He would also he... have to opt-out of $35 million a year. so Woof. That's nothing. That's chump change for these I guys. I don't think he'll do it. Malkin. Malkin, uh, I didn't. Yeah, I mean – He looks like he's been cross-checked in the face a few times. Yeah, he does. That dude yeah. looks rough. So that, was,
2: that was a really bad uh, hit. Um, yeah, that hurts also the Penguins because they have nine games left and for Malcolm will miss half of them. So that's a tough blow to their offense. They're
0: um, They're a really hard team to feel bad for, so I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't
2: quite feel bad for them either, especially since they'll probably be the Rangers' first-round opponent. Uh, sticking with the Penguins, it was announced today that the Penguins are going to be playing the Bruins at Fenway Park in the Winter Classic this year. It's the second time the game will be hosted at Fenway. seems like the NHL just
4: picks the same teams over and over again, the Penguins and the Bruins. and At this point, not even the same teams, the same location. Like, yeah. Really? Yeah. It's, it's Fenway, of course, dude. It's freaking awesome. Well, that's fine, but there's definitely other places that could... Like closer to St. Louis, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boston is now the
2: Boston area has now hosted three times. They hosted once at Gillette Stadium and now twice at Fenway. Um, they've had the most winter classics of uh, the Penguins. You're, have, you're
4: telling me, Brian, you don't want to go see is, is it Mile House Stadium? Or the,
0: the, the abs have played a couple of stadium series games, they played winter classic against. The Red Wings at Coors Field, where the Rockies play, and then they played at the Air Force Academy a couple years ago. That game was awesome, and traffic was an absolute nightmare. So I don't think they'll ever do that again.
4: I but I like, heard about that actually. There's
0: outdoor games they they can play, but like you're at Fenway Park, people care about the Bruins. Like people care about the Original Six, man. Like it's what the NHL is going to do. Like, what do you, I mean, where the, where would the Rangers play? Like, I was just
2: bitter. Cause I thought the Rangers were going to end up being the opponents. So I just pissed that it's the penguins. Yeah. There you go.
0: Would you yeah. have gone to Fenway? Had it,
2: you would have gone, right? Yeah. Oh, I absolutely would have been there. So he'd be in line for tickets right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would have canceled the show tonight. that. So we're going to talk about Scotty Scheffler winning the masters this year. Student has been on an absolute t- uh, tear this year. He won four events leading into the Masters, and then he goes out and wins it. Um, yeah, he just played incredible the entire tournament. Brian, I know you you like golf a little bit. What, what do we got on
0: Scheffler? Oh, I was locked in on the Masters, man. I saw Scotty win his second tournament of those four at the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill here in Orlando. He's He's just locked in, man. He won four events in 57 days. He went from world number eight to world number one. He won $8.7 million in 57 days. Like, he's doing just fine for himself, but he was locked in. Um, but I'm far more interested. Did you guys see the four putt on the 18th green and the betting odds that that <sighs> been- did I ever? So because so the bet in Vegas was winner would be 10 and a half, like over or under 10 and a half par. Had he made his third putt, he would have shot a 277 and all those people would have cashed that bet. But because he missed that last little putt, Everybody missed that last bet because he ended up shooting a 278 and like millions and millions of dollars changed hand in Vegas because of it. And there's a big conspiracy now and it's awesome. But Scotty Scheffler is playing really, really, really good golf. And I think he's probably going to take a little bit of time off. Tiger looked okay in the first couple of days. He shot 78 in rounds three and four, but it was just good to have him back out there. And then our buddy Max Homa or my buddy Max Homa didn't shoot too well in rounds three or four either, but he made the cut. So that's all that matters
2: yeah that's that's so impressive that tiger even made the cut considering that you know the reports were that he was like limping around the field because he literally just couldn't put the strength in the in his legs
0: well and um, spieth and kepka and de and guys like that didn't make the cut either and and tiger still did so that just shows how dominant of a golfer he is like even injured he's
2: still one of the best golfers in the world so 15 years congrats to scotty Scheffler for winning congrats to tiger on his return um, we're gonna get a little serious here for a minute. Um, we just want to send our consul- condolences to the friends, family, and teammates of Dwayne Haskins. Um, he passed away this past week at the age of 24 after being um, in an accident. Um, it's just really an extremely awful um, thing that happened to him. I mean, that that should not have happened to somebody so young. It shouldn't happen to anybody, but um you know he was he was on the Steelers he was on the Commanders he was on Ohio St- he was a you know quarterback for Ohio State um so we just want to you know send our condolences out to friends family and teammates of Dwayne Haskins um
0: yeah that was that's tough it's it, it, life's not supposed to go that way no it's awful um but
2: it's yeah it's tough um there's no real way to transition out of that, um, so I guess we'll just we'll move on to the fi- the final segment, um, the Bruce Banner bandwagon. Um, try
0: to. Put I some know it's here. crazy. Either it's all a joke or none of it is.
1: Best of both worlds. Oh God!
3: Listen to your mom,
2: Brian. Did you, you are t- I did. All right. Brian, you're starting us off with the bandwagon. Who are you jumping on? Who are you
0: jumping off? I'm on the Xavier Scruggs bandwagon. Tune in to MLB Network Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. to watch Off Base. That guy is a personality. He's a lot of fun. He should not have given us the time of day, and he could not have been more gracious with his time. I am all in on Xavier Scruggs. And anyone you're jumping off? Uh... I'm jumping off of the New Jersey net or man. Holy crap. They haven't been that for a long time. I'm jumping off the Brooklyn nets. (laughs) They will lose to the Boston Celtics. Even though Robert Williams won't be back for the Celtics. I think they can beat the nets, but if they can not care about the entire regular season and then go into the playoffs and win the NBA is broken. Uh, But I don't think the nets are going to be able to pull it off. So I'm going to jump off the nets bandwagon while I have the chance before they bury me.
2: So you jump off the, Celtics bandwagon last week, but now you're jumping off the bandwagon of the team they're playing in the first round.
0: Right. but I mean, I'm jumping off the Celtics bandwagon of they're not going to win the East. I just think they're going to win their first round series and then lose the next one.
2: All right. That's fair. Uh, Anthony, give us some
4: bandwagons. All right. I am jumping on the Nerd Life Network bandwagon. Brian, I didn't think you were going to be able to pull it off, buddy. I just thought it was going to crash and burn, but here we are. Having guests and everything, <laughs> because of because of you, who you are shooting daggers at me. Don't worry about who. um No man, th- this whole network's been been a lot of fun. You know all the shows that we've got going on. Um, so yeah, I'm jumping on that network, trying to get as many subscribers as as we can, as many views. I think our about 149 is that what we were up to? Yeah, for, uh, for Monday night's episode on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. Yep. Um everybody check that out. I'm jumping off the off of the let's go uh Minnesota Twins bandwagon. Yeah. I'm jumping off. They had uh a lot of potential, and I think they started the season two for four. So I saw a play last night against the Dodgers, turned the game on when it was one to one, and did not look great.
0: Why are we letting position players pitch so much? Oh,
4: that's what I wanted to ask Xavier. Because he played with uh, D. Gordon in Baltimore, I wanted to ask if anybody's reached out to him. Because he has got to be just shaken after hitting Darno the way that he did in the shoulder, 50,
0: fifty-two miles an hour. <laughs> like, also, what is with the back of D. Gordon's jersey? Like it, like his name completely arched over the
4: back of it, and it so gave me anxiety. His name is D. Strange Gordon. I don't know when that started. Does the D it stand for doctor? I mean, the D stands for D.E.E. as oh, in right. his first name. Um but then D-strange it says Jordan, man. I, I had to shoot my shot. <laughs> I got it.
0: As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run.
4: <laughs> um that's our awkward transition. That yeah. Uh but yeah, that that jersey, man, that doesn't even look like it's comfortable.
2: No, it's off. Yeah. So uh I am jumping on the bandwagon of Logan Dominic he is a six-year-old cosplayer from uh, that we talked about on Earth Mightiest Weirdos he will be on the show next week your show is about to look very different but this is why so we want to send Logan to Megacon there's details on his Instagram at Logan Dominic cosplay um this kid's just awesome like look at all of the awesome cosplay he's done at Marvel premieres just in general like We want to send him to Megacon or help send him to Megacon. So, you know, follow him on Instagram and that's awesome. The kid's great. Uh, He will be on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos next week. So tune in next Monday for a conversation between Jax and Logan. Uh, The bandwagon I'm jumping off is uh, I am jumping off of the Houston Astros City Edition jersey. I just uh, thank you. I love it.
4: I can't stand it.
2: I hot love gear. it. I, I thought, thought I, I liked the Astros for the record. I love the Jersey. I I thought I liked it when it first came out and then I looked at it more and more and I'm just like, yeah, this is, this is hot garbage. This is just garbage.
4: Terrible. I cannot stand it. Hey, Brian, do me a favor on Monday night's episode. Ask Robert what he thinks about it. I know he okay. doesn't work too far from um, Astro Stadium. Minute Life. What's it's it work. called? Is it's it's this a Minute Life park? Minute made, I think. Minute made. Yeah. Minute made, minute life. Whatever.
0: So Minute Minute Life. Well, that's Minute Life is not a brand and Minute Made is. Shut up.
2: So yeah, that's that's the bandwagon I'm jumping off. Um,
0: anyone got anything else? I like it. Yeah. yeah. That's just ugh. I don't like the Astros. They can go 0 and 162, but the hat the
4: hat's fine. But I, think, I don't I think, like
0: I don't like I think the jersey's sick. I it like just,
4: it. Just like what's that weird like
2: it it's looks NASA. Like... it's nasa font baby no, no no not the font the weird like bar behind the font like that. Oh. Just...
0: future well that's just that's just the world of patching and stuff man like... figure it out houston
2: yeah they exactly got enough right.
0: money I looks like it like
2: they, looks like they took it out of the trash can they've been banging for the last couple years <laughs> <laughs> um I all right it. so
0: that's gonna be our show uh brian what do you have to plug for this week Uh, Like you said, frankly, built um, from YouTube, Instagram, anywhere, social media, TikTok. He was on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos talking Moon Knight and the world of 3D printing and cosplay. Logan Dominic will be on with me and my kid, Jax, talking about how cool it was to meet Oscar Isaac at the Moon Knight premiere. Uh, Babu's freaking podcast still a bit on a a bit of a hiatus, but to uh, be coming out of it relatively soon, just in time for Obi-Wan Kenobi and Star Wars Celebration. And, and I just got
4: George Lucas on the, on the horn, too.
0: Well, if you get George Lucas, he can come talk to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like beyond that, we've got Comics and Cinema on Tuesdays, Agents of Field on some Wednesdays like tonight, and then the Nerdy Girls After Dark on Thursdays, including tomorrow night at 830 talking about love languages, whatever that can possibly mean. Anthony,
2: what do you have to plug? Anything
4: everything that Brian just said, along with, uh, go follow Xavier Scruggs on anything and everything you can, That uh, that dude's a real one. So yeah, go support Again, him.
2: Absolutely. Again, we just really want to thank Xavier for, for joining us tonight. It was awesome. We also want to thank Kara for joining us. Like she had some great insight and her and Xavier, you know, had some really good conversation as well. Um, follow the agents of field podcast on Instagram at agents of field podcast. And then on Twitter at podcast aof. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us on episode four of Agents of Field. We will see you next time.
3: I am a peacock. You gotta let me fly.